goal setting needs an upgrade, especially for modern home-loving women with big dreams. We're done with goal setting systems that pump you up, then introduce massive tension between your goal and your daily responsibilities, and then leave you feeling like a failure. But we're also not into fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants living where your days are spent reacting to each situation without making real progress on the things that matter most to you. We're here, and we think you are too, because we care about living intentionally. We know that you have dreams that you want to see fulfilled, goals that you want to accomplish, and goodness that you want to bring into the world. Which is why we're spending this special season of our podcast diving all the way into the Rooted Goals system. I'm Clary. And I'm Shelby. This is Make Space to Thrive. If you want to create a compelling next right step goal that resonates over the long haul, you've got to give yourself permission to develop creative solutions that make sense for your particular circumstances. So there's like two ways that you can go about tailoring your goal to your lifestyle. You can either tailor your goal itself to make sure that it works with your lifestyle, or you can tailor your lifestyle so that there's more space for your goal. And we recommend seeing if you can do both. Yeah. And if you allow yourself to approach your goal in this way and to give it your own unique flavor, then you're going to access a precious sense of freedom that's going to allow you to bring rich flavor and irreplaceable value to the table and to help you tackle your goal with confidence because it's you. It's very you to the core. This season, we're taking a deep dive into the Rooted Goals system, and Rooted is an acronym which stands for Rooted in Your Core Calling, Organically Growing Out of Your Context, Outlined for Clarity, Tailored to Your Lifestyle, Etched into Your Memory, and Developed by Providence. Today, we're talking about the T in that acronym, which is Tailored to Your Lifestyle. Making strategic shifts in how you manage your time, organize your thoughts, and prioritize your actions will tailor your lifestyle so that it actually supports and fuels your next right step goal. And you can do this by identifying the non-essentials in your life and then systematically eliminating, replacing, streamlining, or delegating them in order to make space for what's truly essential. That sounds like a lot at the get-go, but as we dive into this episode, I think you'll see that just like step two, organically growing out of your context, Tailoring something to your lifestyle is all about stepping back, figuring out what is actually important to you, and then assessing what things in your life need to shift in order to honor those goals and values that you hold. And when we were writing this workbook, we used the word tailored because we mean the word tailored. Like we said, there's two parts, two sides of the coin for this particular section, and it's tailoring your goal to your lifestyle or tailoring your lifestyle to your goal. And just like when you're tailoring something, you are thinking about both sides of the fabric and you're making sure that everything lines up and that nothing is in tension. So as Shelby said, this step can move in both directions. Sometimes you're asking your lifestyle to make shifts and sometimes you're asking your goal to make shifts. For some goals, the goal itself has to adapt a lot in order to become a viable part of your lifestyle. But for other goals, your lifestyle will need to be tailored a lot in order to make space for the goal. So a couple of examples. Let's say you want to learn to make homemade bread. 
And maybe initially your goal is, I want to learn to make homemade bread so we never have to purchase store-bought bread again. Hey, that's a big goal, and that's going to require a lot of lifestyle change. However, if you're a nurse who has a changing schedule, who works long shifts that might you know, eliminate the ability to bake bread on certain days, that goal of baking enough bread to never have to buy store-bought bread again might be unrealistic and actually cause a lot of undue stress at the start. So you might change your goal. You might tailor it to your lifestyle by choosing to say, I want to make two loaves of homemade bread a week. So you're still accomplishing your goal of having homemade bread. And maybe eventually you'll get to the point that you never do have to buy store-bought bread again, but you're tailoring your goal to make sure that it is going to fit in your actual lived life. So let's look at it from the other direction. Let's say that your goal is, I want to get in 10 hours of deep work each week to make progress on my business. Now, this is likely going to require some lifestyle changes if you don't already have a place in your rhythm for deep work. But these lifestyle changes could look like a lot of different things. And this is where you're kind of tailoring your lifestyle and what is important to you to accomplish this goal. It could include getting up early to have that deep work time, or if you prefer evenings, staying up a little bit later, hiring a babysitter, changing family rhythms to give you chunks of deep work time. And this is where it's really going to take some sitting back and assessing to say, what do I care about in my lifestyle? What resources do I have? What things am I willing to shift and what am I not? We talked about at the beginning that this step often requires taking a good look at all the things you have in your life and saying, hey, what can I streamline? A good rule of thumb when thinking about this is to streamline anything that is not a personal relationship or does not specifically cultivate joy. So one of the most powerful tools for streamlining your life is by having really strong rhythms. So rhythms are a series of both natural and developed habits that automate key areas of your life. And the best rhythms are the ones that don't feel contrived or like they take a ton of effort to get through, but they're based on muscle memory or they have obvious cues that tell you in your environment, oh, it's time to take care of something or transition to a new task, etc. Before we dive into talking about rhythms, I do need to clarify that there are two types of goals. The first type is the push-through kind of goals, the meeting a work deadline or moving or replacing a broken-down vehicle. These are the all-hands-on-decks-we-need-to-get-this-done kind of goals. These are normally super obvious and self-motivating because the pain point that created this goal is debilitating and you have to solve this problem or else you can't really move forward. These goals don't need a lot of fitting into your life or tailoring to your life or creating rhythms around them because most things will go on hold while you accomplish this goal. And you might have to push pause on some really key rhythms while you focus on getting this goal done. And sometimes life is just like that. The second type of goal are those that are important, but not quite so urgent. They may take a little bit more time. Maybe the pain point is more subtle, so it's more easily ignored or forgotten. These are the kinds of goals that you must build into your rhythms so that you can continue to make progress on them, even as your motivation ebbs and flows. But I do want to mention, if you are in a cycle of always having those emergency push-through goals, the first type 
that I talked about, where everything you tackle is always urgent, then it's probably time to get very proactive about trying to get ahead of your goals and to build them into your rhythms early so that you can cultivate a regular sense of peace and confidence around the work and the goals that you accomplish. It's really not healthy to live your life hitting one goal after another that's just a frenzied hurricane of productivity that makes it impossible for you to create any life-giving rhythm. So if your life-giving rhythms are just always on hold because of emergencies, you definitely want to reevaluate the power tool that you could be using in your life, which is creating strong rhythms. If you hear us talk about rhythms and you feel like that's not really a strong point for you in this season, do not let that get you down. That doesn't mean that you're behind. It actually means that you have just figured out what your next right step goal is to develop whatever it is that you feel like you're lacking in your rhythms. And like I have been talking about throughout this season, revamping and reformulating our rhythms after our move has been one of the biggest goals for me this quarter. And I know that it's a goal that's going to continue into the next quarter. So making rhythms a goal in and of themselves so that in the future they can support bigger and different goals is a great thing. Yeah. And rhythms absolutely support your goals. Here's one really clear way that they do. If you have set rhythms that give you space for different categories of your life at different times of your day or different times of your week, such as here's the time when I do my work. Here's the time when I homeschool. Here's the time when I do my housework. Well, when you have those different categories in your day or in your week, every time that you get to the next task in your goal, you immediately know which category you can put it in, depending on which category it fits into. So then it's easy for you to see how whatever goal that you are focusing on fits into your daily and weekly rhythms of life. So here's an example. I have recently pivoted into starting a new habit goal of cooking more traditionally in order to try to rebuild my family's immune system. We have been sick all summer long, and we know that we need some big changes in our gut health. So because I have really clear rhythms for my day and for my week, I know that I cannot fit in creating a nourishing traditional breakfast every morning because that is going to compete with my deep work time and my homeschooling time. I also know that I should not try to tackle these things in the afternoon because that's when I am pretty tired and I'm needing to have a little bit of downtime for myself in order to reset for the rest of the day. I also know that trying to do it at dinner time means that we will have such a crazy dinner rush that my Family won't be able to enjoy the fact that daddy's off of work now and we want to go on a family walk and just take it easy. So what am I to do? Well, first of all, knowing the categories and the breakdown of our normal rhythms helps me not to break our rhythms with this new habit goal. It also helps me to think kind of creatively about where it fits in. And I realized that as soon as the kids go to bed, my husband and I are cleaning up the house anyway, and we are tending to a lot of that final housework to get it reset for the next day. It's very natural for me to do the laundry and the floors while he is cleaning the kitchen and then come into the freshly clean kitchen and do some key meal prep tasks 
where I can really slow down and look at the cookbook and understand the next step for cooking nourishing food. This includes soaking and fermenting and a lot of complex recipes that I am not used to making. And it's a huge learning curve for me. So it also helps knowing that the children are in bed for the night, that I'm not going to constantly be interrupted as I'm learning this new skill. So it's not normal for a mom to start cooking the minute she puts her kids to bed. But I don't care. I don't care that that's not the typical way of handling things. For me, it's really helpful if I start breakfast as soon as my kids go to bed and get it in the crock pot. And I know that it's going to be ready to go the next morning. And so it's not going to break my deep work and my homeschooling rhythms. It's also helpful for me to be able to think through what's coming up for the rest of the week and what recipes I might need to start two or three days early due to the soaking and the fermenting process or whatever else I need to do. And just generally Again, giving myself that quiet evening time to really sink into this new skill has made it something that's very meditative and a lovely experience for me where I can really sink in and celebrate the progress that I'm making and enjoy maybe the food that I just pulled out of the oven without being concerned that I am completely distracted from the other priorities that I have. And I think what's really cool about what you just talked about, Shelby, is how When you were looking at your rhythms, you actually started with the places you knew you didn't want to put it because you didn't want this new habit goal, even as important as it was, to unseat equally or more important things like homeschooling or to wreck your rhythms of rest that support your day. And so kind of having set rhythms helps you to really go, okay, where are the flexible parts of my day? And the more that you do this, you know, you'll start something and be like, nope, not putting it there. Like I know that's a train wreck waiting to happen. And and that's the beauty of rhythms is it really gives you this um, outline for your day that's extremely flexible. It changes, it ebbs and flows with seasons, but it also becomes this foundation to build off of that just can help maintain a sense of peace even as you're adding in brand new, even intensive habits like changing how you're cooking. A lot of times rhythms are very obvious to people. Um, We've done whole podcast episodes on a morning rhythm or an evening rhythm. And do not overthink this. Our rhythms start with the things we are already naturally doing. Most people brush their teeth. If you do nothing else in the evening, that is something that you can build your rhythm off of. Whenever you're adding to your rhythms, anchoring it to something that you're already doing is one of the best ways to make a new habit stick. We've um, done whole episodes on this that we can link in our show notes if you really want to dive into how we have formed our rhythms in the past. Um, And the thing to remember is that you can have rhythms around all sorts of different categories, cooking rhythms, homeschooling rhythms, cleaning rhythms. And what this ultimately does is it helps you to put important but maybe tedious responsibilities on autopilot so that your creative bandwidth can pour into the parts of the day that are the most important or compelling to you. And so if you find homeschool very compelling, then putting your cleaning rhythm on autopilot, that means that cleaning your home is going to take less creative bandwidth so that you have more creative bandwidth to pour into homeschooling or into your business or into traditional cooking. But your rhythms become your framework for living responsibly and um, making sure that none of the important daily things fall through the cracks while you're cultivating new habits or accomplishing goals. I mentioned when I was talking about my new cooking habit goal that 
I wanted to make sure not to displace or create conflict with my deep work rhythms in the morning. And I think we want to take a minute and really just shine a spotlight on how helpful it is to have daily or even just weekly space for deep work. Uh, Whether or not you bring in an income in this season, you absolutely need pockets of time carved out on a daily or weekly basis to focus fully on important and cognitively demanding tasks. I'm talking about time when you actually can sink into something, think about it, come up with creative solutions, and you know you're not going to be interrupted every five seconds. That is really, really important. If you're working, then the tasks that fall into this category are likely pretty obvious. If you're having intensive meetings, or if you're doing content creation, or if you're really vision casting, you need to be able to zero all the way into that deep work. You need to not have your phone going off and distracting you. You don't need to be doing that um, double tasking trying to do that while your kids are playing at your feet. You really need to have time to sink into those tasks. And if you're not working for an income, then tasks might include things like handling bills or other household admin tasks or phone calls you need to make where you can't be interrupted. Um, If you're planning a home renovation, you have to be able to really think deeply about that, planning your homeschool year, or doing research for an upcoming project or goal. Those are all examples of things that just take a lot of cognitive power and energy, and again, are a task that you have to really sink into, and you have to have space for that um, in your day. And if you consistently find yourself frustrated with some projects, it's very possible that you are trying to fit those projects into the wrong parts of your week, specifically trying to fit it in in a pocket that isn't created for deep work. And that gets frustrating, one, because when you're trying to multitask or multi-focus, automatically your productivity is diminished. So the task is going to take a lot longer, feel a lot more scattered, and just create a sense of stress. Contrary to that, if you have in your week, hey, this is when I tackle these types of tasks, then when one comes on your plate, you can easily and in a very low stress way say, I know exactly what bucket to drop it in. Like, I need to go tend to that bill that we just received. Okay, I can do that on Monday afternoon when I do my deep work or whenever it falls for you. And that way you're not scrambling or trying to handle it when you're also trying to get lunch together. Or, you know, we've all been in those situations where after the fact, you look at yourself and you're like, why did I think that was a good idea? That was a terrible idea to try to do those two (laughs) things at the same time. But it's because if you don't have those set rhythms of like, I know that I can get to that cognitive work at a certain time, you're just trying to cram it in because often those things feel very important and you want to make sure that they don't slide. Um, And so having consistent time for deep work can be one of the biggest gifts you give yourself regardless of what season you're in. And we want to break down how to do this, but we just want to iterate, reiterate why we're spending so much time on this. Clary, didn't you experience this the first time you went through the goals workbook? You recognized, wait a second, I'm not giving myself this space for deep work. And this included everything from your work tasks with Evergreen, but it also included things that had to do with your home. And I just remember the light bulb coming on for you and you saying, this was a game changer for me. And I really loved 
seeing that transformation that you were saying you were having in your life because I wasn't sure. I was like, is this just a nerdy thing that's helped me so much? And just some random things, some really important articles from Cal Newport that I read. And this is just kind of my random thing. But over and over again, different women that I've worked with, trying to help them to troubleshoot why their schedule's not working, very often the problem is that they are not carving out enough deep work time for those deep work tasks. And so they always feel very overwhelmed, very scattered, very much like all their priorities are in competition. And it's amazing how just creating that deep work rhythm, creating a consistent pocket every day or even every week will help you to not, I mean, it's just that simple. You don't even have to delete anything out of your schedule. You just have to make sure you've got that space to think. Oh, absolutely. And I think that this can be such a downfall if you don't have a specific work that is bringing an income. It can be very easy to say, oh, I I don't do anything that's cognitively demanding. But that is just not true. I mean, regardless of what, you know, how you and your husband slid up your responsibilities, whether or not you're married, like we are adults. And so even even something as simple as meal planning, that takes cognitive work or else you show up at the grocery store and you buy random things and you get home and you don't have the things to make the meals you plan. And so, you know, just batching all of those, even small cognitive tasks, it doesn't have to be a huge goal you're accomplishing, but just knowing like, okay, I got this, you know, bill in the mail that I wasn't expecting and it's going to take a little bit of tedious work to dig into it, or I'm going to have to make that phone call, you know, scheduling it for a time that you know, you're going to be sync you're going to be able to sink into it and focus means that you're going to be able to knock it off your list very quickly rather than trying to accomplish it while you're also loading the dishwasher or, you know, tidying up at night or any of those things that just fragment your focus and make a task take a lot longer. So how do you create a sustainable deep work rhythm? Well, this is going to be very dependent on the other parts of your rhythm, what resources you have and your own personal tendencies, and honestly, whether or not you even have strong rhythms to begin with to build off of. If you do have existing strong rhythms, you just want to sit down with them, sketch them out, and really look and see, is there any obvious space in this rhythm that makes sense for me to carve that out and put kind of an appointment on my calendar every week or every day. This is the time when I'm going to protect my focus and let myself really sink into those deep tasks. If you have small children, this might mean that you need to hire a babysitter or drop them off at grandma's house or that you need to look at when they're sleeping and ask, okay, during before they wake up or during nap time, is this a good time for me to sink into deep work? You might could also coordinate with your spouse for working evenings or working weekends. And this takes a lot of really good communication with your spouse and making sure that you're both fully aware of and pulling for each other's goals and that you are supporting him just as you're asking him to support you in your goals. But uh, my husband and I often split or trade Saturdays back and forth. That's when he's off of work from his day job. And so we can split that Saturday in half where the morning I'm being able to get deep work in for a huge like five-hour chunk. And then I take the baton on the kids and he gets deep work in for some of his passion projects that he has on the side. And Or we might trade back and forth where I say, okay, I need this whole Saturday, but I'm going to give you next Saturday. Um, And of course, sometimes we're like, 
forget work. We're going to just go out as a family this weekend. Just having that conversation with the people that are in your life or your team members. If you're in an office, you might need to have some conversations and say, I need a little bit more time to focus. Um, If you're in a corporate environment, I absolutely recommend everything Cal Newport has to say about this. He actually has an entire book titled Deep Work, and I highly recommend it for navigating that situation, corporate environment. But honestly, that book is great for anybody. And then one more note for deep work, specifically having to do with a business project or a job. If you feel like you're overwhelmed by the idea of having a stretch of time for really sinking into deep work and really making good, strong progress on any very important goals, That might be the time to start bringing in some collaboration so that it doesn't feel like it's just all on your shoulders. Um, I have found that this helps me again and again and again when I get to that place where I'm staring at my next big task and I'm like, wow, this just is hard. And I've done everything I could, you know, in the outlining for clarity section to try to break it down and make sense of it. When I start to have that feeling of like, I just don't know how to get my arms around this, it is wonderful to be able to Voxer Clary and say, hey, do you have any thoughts on the angle that I can come at this problem from? Um, Do you have any ideas of what I should start with first? And that dialogue is so helpful. Or we might meet as a team at a coffee shop and each one of us will share things that we're stuck on and just get that collaboration going. I'm also part of a business group where anytime. I can just reach out to folks there and I can say, hey, I've got this really overwhelming goal that I'm trying to work on. Do you have any ideas? And one time I got onto a Zoom call and I did. I I showed them the goal I was working on and I said, can you guys help me come up with a really strong approach to this? And they were able to even give me, it had to do with one of my goals that we'll talk about in a minute for this past quarter, which is on our website. And I was trying to do some copy editing of listings. And I was like, where do I even begin? And I realized with my business group, I've got all these objective people who could give me a customer's perspective. And I can ask them, hey, what do you think? What do you love whenever you go and look at a product listing? What really helps you to decide whether or not that product is going to work for your life? And by just asking that question to my business group, I got a whole host of really wonderful, helpful answers. And honestly, 80% of my work was done at that point. And all I had to do was sit down and rearrange things. And I just want to say, like, when we say a deep work session, we don't necessarily mean head down, all alone, five o'clock in the morning, no one's talking to you. You just want to protect yourself from the distractions that could get you off task. But if you need to bring in those collaborators, the team members, or just the friend that you need to call to bounce things off of, do not hesitate to do that because that could really unblock you. Absolutely. And so all of this really supports this idea of tailoring your goal to your lifestyle or tailoring your lifestyle to your goal. And like we talked about in the last episode, if you have done the work to outline your goal, to bring it down into phases and 15-minute tasks, that is amazing work. But if you have nowhere to plug those tasks into, you're still not going to get anywhere with your goal because you're just going to be basically stuck with a massive to-do list that is 
a little bit less overwhelming than a vague goal. I mean, a lot less overwhelming because you have a specific task list, but if it has nowhere to go, it's just going to sit there and increasingly cause stress if you're not knocking things off that list. And so the best thing to do is to take a good, strong look at your week. This is why we love having a planner with a time blocker because you have to be able to have a vision of your week and a vision of your day to know precisely where am I going to drop these different tasks that correlate with these different categories um, in my life. So we are actually going to give you a part of the goals workbook, one of the exercises out of there for free to download. The link will be in the show notes for this episode that really has you look at your entire week schedule. It asks a whole bunch of questions and walks you through how to look at you know, what are my prior commitments? What are the things I'm already doing? And gives you the starting place for plugging in times for deep work or times to execute tasks related to your goals. It's a super thorough exercise. It's got a checklist and you just, it takes the guesswork again out of this whole situation. You've got your nice week grid and you just follow that checklist right down and you're going to end up being able to see a very realistic picture of your week And like Clary said, be able to see where your goal can fit in. And this is just so important for being able to tailor your goal to your lifestyle and tailor your lifestyle to your goal. So Clary, it's time to talk about our three goals for the past quarter. How did we tailor our goals to our lifestyle or are any of the goals that you have for this past quarter goals that were there because they were part of tailoring your lifestyle so that you could open up more bandwidth for future goals. I love talking about this and I love how we've been able to carry this thread throughout all the episodes because when I was looking at my um, goals for this quarter, you know, the establishing or really reestablishing our rhythms after moving and specifically our learning dime rhythm and then home organization and home projects and then evergreen work, you know, we talked about if If your takeaway from this episode is I need stronger rhythms, that's a wonderful takeaway. And that's obviously one of my key goals for this quarter. And part of the reason why it became so evident so quickly that we needed to work on our rhythms is that I knew that I wouldn't be able to work on any bigger or long-term goals or more deeply meaningful goals until I got our family rhythms reestablished because I wouldn't have anywhere to plug tasks for those goals into. And one of the ways that I could tell this was because I was really struggling for the first time in a long time to get my work tasks done for Evergreen. And that was really the um, like check engine light, so to speak, that came on and said, hey, you haven't ever struggled with this. And, you know, so why are we suddenly struggling to get evergreen work done? And it was because my rhythms had fallen apart to the point of really not having deep work blocks, of not having set times where my I was engaging with my children. And so they were feeling starved for my attention. And so if I tried to then go do deep work, that's a recipe for disaster. And so it was just this system that was feeding into each other. And it was all because of the move, you know, because we had moved and everything got thrown up in the air and we were sort of trying to catch the pieces and get started. And so, so that's why the number one goal became, okay, reestablish these rhythms. Let's get learning time in there so that I have set time with the boys. Um, You know, that went down into things like our morning rhythm and reestablishing that, having a really sweet bedtime rhythm with my boys so that I could 
again, not in a way that diminished my relationship with them, but in a way that enhanced and honored it of like automating these key relational moments with my boys throughout the day so that they didn't drop off. And, you know, by by creating a really sweet bedtime rhythm, I knew that at the end of the day, we would always have that connection point, you know, no matter what had happened during the rest of the day. And then with our home organization and project, I mean, we were both tailoring this to our lifestyle and tailoring our lifestyle to it, depending on the project. Um, And so that really, you know, we'd look at each task or each project that came up. And sometimes, you know, I would say, okay, like normally this is my evening rhythm, but I'm going to fudge a little bit to really knock off or to really execute this sort of annoying task that just needs to get done on the house. And then other times, you know, we would be saying, you know what, that home project can wait because other things in our lifestyle are more important. And so that one, it was a little bit of back and forth depending on the specific project. And I wanted to point out here that this is why we set goals to begin with. Clary being able to have this clarity that like, I am working in this season to get these house projects done. I'm doing it so that we have a more functioning environment so that it will open up more opportunities and bandwidth later so that I can wrap up these things and move on. That really helped her to know, you know, it's appropriate for me, like she said, to to fudge on my bedtime rhythms tonight and really just hammer out this annoying task. Knowing that you are focusing on something very specific in a season allows you to make those kinds of decisions intentionally and also know that everything's going to be fine because you do have strong rhythms and you are going to get things back on track tomorrow and everything is going to be fine. And you're not just living in this fly by the seat of your pants state of, oh man, this is super annoying. Let me randomly start tearing the wallpaper off of my bathroom wall at 7 p.m. And you know, by 1 a.m., you're still tearing off wallpaper and wondering when you're going to get your life together. And like, it's so helpful to just know that you're not constantly neck deep in projects like that and random decisions that you made like that and just you know, making the next morning so much harder and getting yourself set back and constantly in this state of playing catch up and managing chaos. It's so much better to be like, this is what I'm doing right now in this season. And I get to focus on this and I get to put other things a little bit more on the back burner. And then in the next season, I'm going to reevaluate and say, now what am I focusing on? And I just think it helps us to manage our emotional energy and our time really well when we have that focus. Absolutely. And I think so much of it, like we have said, is really knowing yourself. Because I know for me, sleep is very, very important. Um, And so I know that I can sort of like push that bedtime rhythm maybe once a week. And if I do more than that, then it really will affect, you know, how... (laughs) how good of a mom I am the next day. And so I don't, I don't let myself push boundaries beyond what I know that I can handle. And then lastly, with my evergreen, I feel like from the get-go evergreen has been and remains to be very tailored to our lifestyle. And so, like I said, you know, it was kind of a a check engine light for me to realize, okay, evergreen work is not getting done. And it, and it made me know that, okay, the issue here is with my rhythms and not with the amount of evergreen work I have to do because as a team, we have so essentialized the tasks that are on our plates that I knew, okay, in a normal season, 
all of my evergreen tasks are already tailored to my lifestyle. And so I really needed to look at some other areas to continue to make space for them. Okay, so I'm going to lead right into the reboot my early morning rhythms goal that I had for this past quarter, because that was totally a tailoring my lifestyle to my goals, habit goal that I was trying to start. I was trying to get those early morning deep work rhythms back so that I knew I could count on getting two hours of deep work done before breakfast time. That is so helpful to me when it comes to balancing work and homeschooling and everything else that I have on my plate. But because of illness in spring and early summer, I was struggling to keep everything together. I recognized I needed to make these changes. I needed to start getting up early again so that I could get my deep work time. I needed to tailor my lifestyle. And then This past quarter, we continue to have sickness. Our immune systems, like I've said before, were very compromised. And so we just, every other week, were catching something. And and you have ever been through a season of extended illness, you know that your sleep schedule is one of the first things to suffer from a season like that. So if I couldn't get a hold of my schedule, which is not typical for me, I really like tailoring my lifestyle to make space for goals. My husband and I both are creatures of habit. We love having our rhythm set. We love knowing what's happening in the upcoming week, when we're going to do different things, and when we are going to have flexible time to do whatever we want. We really like having those things clarified. And so it was kind of a flashback to before we started the Evergreen Planner and and I started doing all the time management research that I've done now. Um, And before we started making those changes in our life, Uh, several years ago, which was the catalyst for me doing all that research and us ending up with a planner. It just kind of pulled me back to that time frame when it just seemed like we never had our rhythms. We didn't have any strong rhythms and we were always playing catch up. And so having that experience definitely reminded me how much I love the more normal seasons when we can have our strong rhythms. But it also reminded me that some people are either in due to their lifestyle or their calling or chronic illness or maybe even just the season that they're in, it's not possible for them to create those steady and predictable rhythms. And it also reminded me that when that is the case, all is not lost. And we actually have an entire section of our goals workbook that just dives into what do you do when you are legitimately in a season where you can't create those predictable rhythms. How do you still make progress on your goal? And how do you tailor your goal to your lifestyle whenever your lifestyle is unpredictable? And that is valid, especially like for us this summer, it was just so valid that it was not a lack of discipline on mine and my husband's part that we could not get our schedule under control. It was definitely providential with how much sickness that we had. And so I still had my other two goals that were supposed to be supported by this lifestyle shift back towards early mornings. Well, I still had these other two goals. When would I get my freelancing project, which was one of my other goals, 
when would I get that done? When would I be able to work on the Evergreen Planner website and look forward towards those marketing pushes with the niche landing pages and all that part of the goal? When would I be doing this deep work to get these projects over the finish line? And honestly, because of this unexpected period, this whole summer basically being given to one illness after another, I had to leverage this part of our workbook that helps me to continue again, to make that progress on my goals, even in that season with an unpredictable schedule. The goals workbook really dives into this. I'm not going to go all the way in because you can just go look at the workbook and you can see that whole section that we have on this and really think about your own schedule in regards to all of that advice that we gave. A lot of it started with me just figuring out what agency I had in the whole situation. And another big part of it was just having my task list at ready. So when I was able to, oh, the kids are both asleep and my brain is actually working right now. I'm not dealing with too much brain fog from sickness. Let me open up my laptop and just do another task. Just move something forward. That really helped me to continue to make progress on those goals over the summer, which was such a big deal because it would be the old Shelby would have absolutely been like, well, there goes the summer. I guess I'll have to work on these projects in the fall or whenever we start feeling better. And then everything would have been slidden forward so badly that it would have actually created a lot of problems for my business and for the timeframes that we had there. It was really important for me to make sure I was getting essential things done and meeting essential deadlines. So that was definitely how I tailored my other two goals to my lifestyle. Again, having those task lists at ready so that I knew what I need to do next and just absolutely going for the essentials, focusing on them, following all the way through before moving on to the next one so I didn't get scattered, and then collaborating with my team a lot. I was honest with them about the season that we were in, and I said, okay, if I only got two things done before the next meeting, what do you think needs to be done? And they were able to give me a lot of clarity that I was a little bit too overwhelmed to see for myself. So as you can see from our examples, having a goal that is tailored to your lifestyle can happen in the most predictable of seasons when your rhythms are all working and you're just plugging those tasks in easily. And you can also do this in the unpredictable seasons when you're revamping your rhythms, when your rhythms are kind of on hold because of sickness or because of some other circumstance. There are still ways to tailor a goal to your lifestyle so that you can make you know, whatever progress you're able to consistently in the season you find yourself in. And so that is why, along with today's episode, we are giving you a download that takes one of the exercises out of our goals workbook. It's full of questions. It has an entire week grid that you can print and fill in so that you can start to see how your rhythms are playing out at home or in your work or in whatever else, you know, whatever other responsibilities that you have. And you can begin to build those predictable rhythms and start to see those pockets of time that are opening up for you to make progress on your goals. And so you can find the link to download that in our show notes. And we're also going to list the other podcast episodes that we've done in past seasons that focus on this whole idea of strong rhythms. That free download that Clary mentioned is going to be so helpful for you to 
begin to create a strong rhythm that makes sense in your real life so that you can plug in those goals into the different pockets of your day and your week, just like she was talking about. But if you want the bonus tips for an unpredictable seasons and lifestyles to see how you can make progress on important goals, even if you can't control your schedule. And if you also want more information on how to precisely tailor your goal so that it really makes sense in your lifestyle, you'll definitely want to grab our goals workbook out of our shop. It gets very practical and it takes all the guesswork out of it. You can find the Rooted Goals workbook in our shop at evergreenplanner.com. It's a 40-page workbook that will take you all the way from gaining key insights into your core calling, identifying your next right step goal, creating a strong game plan, and adopting a healthy mindset for following all the way through on that goal, even as the seasons of your life shift and change. You can use the Rooted Goals workbook over and over again as you continue to develop and accomplish life-giving goals around the things that matter most to you. We love using the Rooted Goals workbook during goal-setting season in January and often revisit it throughout the year as we set our quarterly goals. And you can use the Rooted Goals workbook anytime that you need to get oriented around what truly matters or troubleshoot conflicting priorities and find peace as you set and execute your next right step goal. 